wonderful cold day. Loving it. We should have a cold snap this week. I think some uh, Alaskan winds coming down, um, but that'll be nice. Um, so I love fall. Love fall. Uh, went to the mall yesterday. It's the last time I will go to the mall this season. Uh, we just we just went to J.C. Penney just to we had a you know they got us in the door they got us in the door with the coupon so so but we got a few things uh, uh, one of the things we love to do is send uh, every year send a couple of uh, the the Christmas um, shoe boxes for Samaritan's Purse they do that for for kids so you get to build them and we don't have the girls to help us with that but uh, but we'll get it done we'll get it get it out there that way. I like that one. Um, but uh, went to the mall. I don't know if people were there because they were wanting to get, you know, you wouldn't think we're in a recession when you saw the parking lot there. Wow. You know, uh, but, um, you know, people are starting to get, uh, uh, maybe they're getting ready for Christmas, looking for the deals, different things. But uh, that is the last time I will go to the mall this season. So um, I've got, that's done. But uh, uh, I do love this time of year. Um, one thing that is actually this time of, that's hard this time of year is running. It's, it's finding that time. I, 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 I can run in uh, 70, 80 degree weather. I can, I can, I've even done 90 degree weather, but um, uh, I'm a fair weather runner. I'm not, gonna, I'm not the type to get up uh, in the morning and I'm, oh, it's raining, but well, I got to do it. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Not necessarily running, but it, we're going to see the example that the Bible uses. They use uh, athletics, and there's a reason why I think Paul used the, the analogy um, uh, of, of running and, and, uh, and actually fighting. You'll see, see that in here, too. But um, we're going to be talking about discipline, the, the, the idea of discipline in our life. If you are uh, an athlete, you must have a semblance of discipline for, um, uh, for your sport. Um, if you want to get better, you have to have discipline. You have to follow um, a regimen. You, uh, you have to train. Well, we're in a constant, it's kind of like our life as a Christian. Um, we, we have not, when we got saved, we did not arrive. We have, we have learning to do. We, we're, we're saved, we're babes in Christ. Um, so now it, it's, it's time to, to, to start the run, to start, to start the race. So let's get into the Bible. We're going to be in second, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, uh, 24 through 27 is the, uh, is the text for today, and we'll have some other verses. Um, but 24 through 27 of chapter 9 of uh, 1 Corinthians, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, uh, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest I by any means... When I have preached to others, I myself shall not shall be uh, I myself shall be a castaway. Um, so Paul is writing here. He's writing to the Corinthians. There's a it's a pretty carnal church, um, uh, and and he's giving them the example of they that run. Now the Greeks. This is during the time of the Greek Olympics. So they know about people know about. Um, about athletics and training and, uh, and, and, 
striving for a prize. And in this case, in the, in the, in the Greeks, it's, a, it's, the, it's the olive leaf, um, uh, uh, a wreath of olive leaves on the, on the head. Um, it's, it's, that's the prize of the winning uh, of the race. So they understand this. So he's giving this, this comparison for the Christian life, this race that we run. So let's look at that. So, so what do we have to have in order to have that successful life and the successful end? This striving, um, the striving to the end that it talks about in, uh, in here, running for receiving the prize, to run that, uh, that we may obtain. Uh, we, need to, uh, we need to break down the idea of spiritual discipline. Now, spiritual discipline um, is not that we get greater favor with God. God loves us. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to have a, a purposeful life, a Christian life that we can have. Uh, uh, he wants us to have these things. Um, so discipline's not necessarily going to bring more favor from God, but it will bring us closer to what he had planned for us. Um, and that is maybe the image of Christ. Um, uh, his son. So we're going to look at three, three things that, um, three, three truths regarding discipline that we must learn in order to have a victorious Christian life, this victorious race that we are running. So number one, the purpose of discipline. The purpose of discipline. Uh, in, back in 24, uh, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the price, so run that ye may obtain. It's interesting that um, the participation trophy in the Christian life is the fact that if you, if, you, if you ask Jesus to be your Savior, you're saved. That's your participation trophy. That's the equivalent of telling kids today, which is sad, that, hey, we're going to go out and you're going to have a race, but you're all winning. Well, that's not how the Greeks did it. And that's not how our Olympics do it. Maybe sometime they will. Maybe we'll stop seeing the podiums. And we'll start seeing, hey, they all got a participation trophy. Um, uh, maybe colleges will stop giving the valedictorian, salutedictorian, things like that to all the graduates. They all, the participation trophy was your diploma if you made it through. They all got the diploma. Only a couple are going to get the, the high prize. We see it in the military at their schools, the distinguished graduates. Maybe we'll stop that, have to stop that because we might have really soft-hearted kids that we raise that can't deal with, well, I didn't, why didn't I get a DG? Well, you barely passed every test. That's not a distinguished graduate. But, but I was never taught that I need to do. Well, well those add. So, but I don't know what's going I, I to happen in our future. To me, that sounds very logical that what would happen in society. But we need to look at this purpose of discipline in our lives. Um, uh, so the purpose, it, it, purpose is an intention. What, it's an intention. It's what drives us to make the choices that we make. Um, there is a God-given purpose in our spiritual, uh, for spiritual discipline in our lives. And so, so what are those, what are the purposes of, of discipline? One, to run the race, to run the race. We, when we accepted Christ, we entered into this race. If he didn't plan for us to enter into this race, he would have taken us home. We've talked about that. 
there's no purpose for us to be here if, if, uh, if it's not to uh, uh, share the gospel, if it's not to lead others to Christ, to enter into the race, then he should take us home. Um, I would not be keen on saying, hey, so-and-so got saved, so he went home. Is that, that, that to me does not sound cool. I, I want to I see, see a productive Christian. I want to see a Christian who's, who's blessed by the Lord, they love the Lord, and they're blessed even through the trials, you see joy in their lives. That's what I want to see. I hope I'm exuding that. But so the, the first purpose is to run the race. Know ye not that they which run the race run all but one receiveth the prize. As we said, everybody's a participant, everybody's in the race. But only one's going to get the prize, going to get the main prize. Um, and so a runner who wants to run, there are folks that maybe, maybe get into a, I, I know I have friends that have done a, a marathon. I've never done a marathon. I have about a 10-mile max on my knees. I've never tried any further. It hurts so bad. But, but I know guys who've trained for a marathon. We had this one young lady uh, one of our uh, officers, and when I lived in uh, Arkansas, a young captain, his wife went to the doctor, and, and the doctor said, uh, well, you're, you're okay, your, your, your health is not that good, uh, you'll never run a marathon, and something clicked in her brain when he said that to her, and this, her name was Militia, was, it was kind of interesting name, um, but, but after that day at the doctor, you saw her running on the base every day. And within a few months, within six to eight months, I think, she was in the Boston Marathon. She knew she wasn't going to win it, but she set a goal. She set, had a purpose and to prove him wrong, and she ran the Boston Marathon. Interestingly, a little fact, when she said she got there, she went, this is from Arkansas, went all the way to Boston. Uh, she said she had to get up at three in the morning to get to the front to get to the race. So she did a marathon to get to the race and then did the marathon. So it was pretty amazing. But she did it. She was not, she had a, she had a purpose. She, she said, I'm going to run this race because someone said I can't. Has anybody ever told you that, I've heard people say in the military, you can't be a Christian in the military. And there's nothing further from the truth. Defend our country and, and love our Lord and be blessed by God. I think you can. Um, but has anybody ever told you, yeah, Christian life, eh, it's not worth it? Hmm, I kind of think it is. I think that's a very ignorant statement, a very ignorant thought process about, about, uh, about Christ and about being a Christian. But a runner has to have a, a purpose, has to have, a, and it's this race, it's, it's what they've, uh, uh, they're striving for. Uh, in, uh, and their focus typically is the finish line. It might be a finish line because they've never met it. It might be the finish line that they want to be first. Uh, most, ra Especially in the Olympics, you don't go to the Olympics just saying, I want to go to participate to say I was in the Olympics. You go to the Olympics because you think there's a chance that you can win. Otherwise, why are we even putting you in, in the races? Why are we even funding you to go to the Olympics? It's because you think and we think that you can get the gold for our country. So in Hebrews 12, 1, where, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth e easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Um, 
there's a cloud of witnesses that's going to be waiting for us. That's the saints in heaven. They're going to be waiting for us, and they're going to see us finish this race. The Apostle Paul understood that he was in a race as a Christian. When, when God saved him, he was all of a sudden in a race. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. These are the things that were important to him. He said, no, no, those are, all, those are lost. Uh, uh, ye doubtless, I count, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He recognized that to press forward in the race meant he had to implement discipline in his life. Uh, things that used to be meaningful were counted as loss. It was all about the race for Christ. Lay aside the weights, run with patience, as he talked about. Um, now, we are not competing against each other in this race. In fact, uh, in our particular race, we would do what you're not allowed to do in a race. We'd probably help people along. You'd help those with you. You would, you would maybe uh, latch arms with somebody. That, that'll get you disqualified for a standard race when you, when you start uh, helping someone else along. But in our Christian journey, we need to. We need the, the body. We need the, that help. We, we uh, need the encouragement. So, um, so we have to run the race. Letter B, we, we need to obtain the goal. We need to obtain the goal. Now, the goal of any racer is, uh, uh, of, of the elites, is to win. Uh, we, you need to run a race, enable that you, that you can win. You need to give it your all. Um, in our lives, the goal is Christ. The goal, that's, the, that's the end goal. The goal. Not to be Christ, but to be like Christ. To be... Uh, maybe to have that testimony that when somebody says, man, when I, when I was around this person, I felt like I was around God. And that's not because they were God, it's because God was in them. And God was exuding out of them. Um, I, would, I would hope that would be anybody's testimony uh, when their race is done. Yea, doubtless, we count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. This is in Philippians uh, 3, 8 through 10, and 13 through 14. For whom I suffered the loss of all things, and do count things but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, uh, in verse 9, 10, that I may know him, in verse 10. And then verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth uh, unto those things which are before I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. What struck me is this on verse 13 is if there's anything that could have held Paul back, it would have been his history. And many, for many Christians in their life, it's their history, it's their past that holds them back from moving forward. How could God, I, I've accepted Christ, but how can he really forgive me? How can he really love me? Well, he does. I don't know how he does it. I, I, I'm, I'm a person. I can so easily cut somebody off because of what they've done. And you've seen it before with any, with, with any people. It's people that leave the church because of an offense. So they've cut it off. They said, okay, I can't be around those people. 
I choose not to be offended. Let's, let's choose not to be offended. That's just an aside. But, but this, this whole idea is that Paul, was, if there's anybody who could, have had, who, who could have had an excuse or used an excuse to, move, press forward, to not press forward, it would have been him based on his past. How could God love a man that persecuted his children, persecuted Christians? So, this idea of running the race, we need to uh, run for the prize. We need to run for a goal. But also, uh, not only the purpose of discipline, but the practice of discipline. So how does it look? How does this idea of discipline in the Christian life look? Um, uh, it, the, uh, in, in our text here, he uses the word striveth for mastery. So in verse 25 through 27, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Uh, verse 25, striveth for the mastery means to enter a contest, to, to sign up for that 5K, to sign up for that, that, uh, uh, that what, what do we just call it, marathon, or the 50K. I, we, we know one of our friends who, who is a 50K, a 50-mile runner. Um, I can't believe anybody could do that. But, but the, he striveth for the mastery, which means he's going to have to uh, bring into subjection him, his body. He's going to have to control himself, and he's going to choose to participate in the race. Um, many Christians quit because they don't want to participate in contending with the adversaries. A runner is going to have adversaries. There's going to be the mornings when you wake up and your head hurts, or your ankle doesn't feel right, or... Uh, who, who knows? I can find an excuse for any reason not to run. That's the easy part. Any excuse. Uh, in fact, uh, when, when I get home from work, I just hope that Cheryl won't mention, hey, you want to go run? Because if she doesn't, I'm not upset. Uh, you want to go to the gym? If she doesn't say anything, I'm not upset, and I'm not going to bring it up. It's kind of funny. But that little, when she does, nudge. All right, we're going. She mentioned it. But this practice of discipline, striving for the mastery, we need to, if we're going to stay in the race, we have to have the steadfast discipline. So in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, we've, we've read this before. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So there's three ways a Christian can implement the practice of discipline. Being temperate in all things, letter A. Being temperate in all things. Temperate means to be self-controlled. As in the case of the athlete, uh, it means to set aside things that would harm the training, things that would harm the ability to build up that endurance of that, for that race. For us, uh, it, means, uh, it means getting rid of the things that would hinder our walk with the Lord. And many times there's things that aren't necessarily sinful, but they don't necessarily help um, make us a, they, they don't help our Christian walk, and they make us a lukewarm Christian. Was that the Laodicean church age uh, in Revelations 3, 14 through 21? It talks about that lukewarm spirituality. Uh, they do, uh, many Christians don't have a desire to develop a personal walk, a, uh, a disciplined walk with Christ. 
But consider once again that athlete. His training regimen um, is, is not based on how he feels or what he thinks his rights are. He's, his, uh, his training regimen is based on what I need to do to accomplish the goal. And many times, many times, in fact a lot of times, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, sports and, and uh, uh, serious competition, you have to have a coach. You have to have somebody pushing you. You have to have somebody yelling in your face. Somebody chastising you for the choices you make that don't help. Sounds a little bit like a pastor. That's not a bad thing. Because oh, don't you want, wouldn't, if you're on a team, wouldn't you want to be under a, a coach uh, who, who is, is good and, and causes the team, causes the players to give their best? I want a pastor who want us to be, give our best too. So it's, it's, it's uh, giving a, a part of yourself away and letting somebody else kind of encourage you along, push you along. That, that, that's part of the discipline process. It is, and sometimes uh, we need to, uh, as a Christian in your discipline life, it, things you choose might affect others in a negative way. We've talked about, we've talked about um, drinking alcohol and how the Bible's very clear on, on why a Christian shouldn't drink. But if we take that aside, I, I, I've had this discussion with people who, who uh, you go out to dinner and, and they want to have a glass of wine and you go, okay, so that waitress that just, pan- let's not talk about Christianity, let's just talk about the fact that maybe that waitress that's going to give you that bottle of wine. Maybe she's struggling with alcohol. Did you just help her in that struggle with alcohol? Probably not. Well, that's, that's probably not the case. But it, you can't tell me it's not. So, so Paul talks about this in Romans 14.21. It, uh, it is good neither to eat flesh, nor drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Our, our choices in our Christian life should, should build others up. It should encourage others to be more like Christ. Should not, not be like, oh, that just made it okay. What they're doing, what they're, how they're acting, how they're talking, what they're, the things they're choosing to, to do, uh, that just made it okay, I guess, you know. Uh, he teaches a Sunday school class, yet he does that. That's, well, that must be okay. No, he's talking about uh, being disciplined, being temperate in things so that you don't stumble and so that others don't stumble. Letter B, purposeful in all things. Having a purpose. Paul was not running a race aimlessly, uh, not as uncertainly, he says in verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. (laughs) Nobody signs you up and says... Says, just start running. And nobody will do that. Nobody will run. I was just told to run. When do I stop? I don't know. Where's the finish line? I don't know. Nobody. That's that's uncertainty. But and he's saying we're not in a race that's uncertain. There is an end. Either the Lord's taking us home or the Lord's coming back to get us. There's an end on this side. So Paul was saying, I don't run aimlessly. Um, uh, 
In fact, in the prior verses of the text, Paul gives his purpose for exercising. He gives the purpose, his purpose for exercising discipline. Uh, if you go back to our text, just open up a, a couple verses before in chapter 9, 19 through 22. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became a Jew, as that and I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being uh, not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. And to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am, I am made all things to men, that I might uh, by all means save some. Now, some might, some might misinterpret that for saying one thing. I'll go drink with my buddies so I can win them to the Lord. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying he's going to sin to lead to, to win sinners. But he he understands that that as a Christian we struggle with things too. And so I think he's talking about a little transparency that he might have uh, with those he's trying to win. So, but his that's his purpose. Uh, his purpose for. Uh, this running this race, for having discipline. But he chose to live a life of discipline so others might know Christ and clearly see Christ in him. And let us see, see, um, controlled by all things, in all things, controlled in all things. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest thou by any means, this is verse 27, when I have preached to others, I myself shall be a castaway. Um, his disciplined life demands that our flesh is brought into subjection. It's with control. Uh, it is controlled in all things. Um, Paul testified in 27 that he was willing to go through pain and rejection um, and particular comforts for the sake of having an effective life for Christ. It's a tragedy when we have castaways in the Christian life. It is a tragedy. Um, but we're never a castaway to God. If you're a Christian and you're around people that know it, you're preaching to others. We talked about that, preaching to others. When I have preached to others in that verse, if you're leading, if you're a Christian parent, you're preaching to others in your life, whether you're doing it verbally or whether you're doing it in your lifestyle. You are preaching to others. Once we've been entered into this race with, with Christ by accepting Christ as our Savior, we are preaching. Don't think you're not. And Paul recognized that. He recognized that his life, whether he was at the moment sharing the gospel or whether he was walking down the road, he was preaching Christ in his life. So he wanted to make sure that he was, uh, he was conformed to Christ and he was controlled in all things. He was temperate in all things. Uh, we have great examples through our history and so many, I just picked a few. Uh, John Huss, in, uh, 14, he died in 1450. He refused to uh, recant his position on salvation. Salvation in Christ alone, it wasn't about works. He refused to recant, even as the executioners were undressing him, um, tying his hands behind his back and chaining his neck to a stake and 
piling up wood up to his neck and asked him, you want to recant? No. God is my witness that I have never taught that of which I have been accused by false witnesses. In the truth of the gospel, which I have written, taught, and preached, I will die today with gladness. Wow. I pray I could do that. Martin Luther, uh, when asked his plans, replied, work, work, from early until late. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall spend three hours in prayer this morning. John Bunyan, author of Pilgrim's Progress, was in prison for 12 years because he refused to stop preaching. They, these were men of spiritual discipline, and they would stand up for Christ no matter what. So the phrase, keep under my body, he, this is that example of the boxing term uh, that Paul uses. So he's not only talking uh, in, the, in the running sense, he talked about the boxing term, uh, because a, a boxer is going to suffer hits. There's going to be black and blue marks on a boxer. You, unless you're Mike Tyson and you win in the first punch, you're going to get hit. Now, he got hit later. I know that. Um, but one of the first ones I ever saw it was the coolest thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> I just laughed at the people that paid like $150 for like a, a pay-per-view thing. And you just like, Bam! Wow. Okay, that was cool. But We'll use his, as an example, he, was, he, he kept under my body, he was, he was serious about the physical aspect, the, the, the building up himself so he could take a punch and obviously build himself up so he can give one. Um, but he, 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 a, a boxer's not going to let the flesh control him. He's going to control the flesh. He's going to control the needs that he needs. He's, he's going to control the diet. He's not going to say, well, my stomach wants Cheesecake Factory tonight. He's going, my stomach says that. It's very good, by the way. Um, but he's not going to say that. He's going to control it. Do we let our body, our body, our carnal body decide our Christian decisions? You know, we talked uh, last time about uh, the spirit-filled, spirit-controlled life, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Um, we're either living a, uh, a fleshly-controlled life or a spirit-controlled life. So I love the examples that Paul gives: this running, this boxing, uh, and and he knew his audience. He knew the Corinthians. He said this: this he knew that this would register in their mind. If there was any doubt, well, yeah, a lot of us were taught to run and, and taught to strive, and, and, and he was able to give that example, and we can use it today. So we talked about the purpose of discipline, the practice of discipline, but most importantly, the prize of discipline, the prize of discipline. The prize of discipline is not heaven. We've all got that participation. We all, uh, salvation gives us that security that we will be in heaven one day. But... Just as the Greek Roman, the Roman uh, games, there was a bema seat. There was a judgment seat where prizes were given uh, to the most uh, excelled. It's an award ceremony, a presentation. And we are told about this judgment seat of Christ, this bema seat of Christ. Uh, go back to, if you go to Romans 14, 10 through 12. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is, this is Christians. 
For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall uh, bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then everyone shall give account of himself to God. This is a place, it's not, we're not a work salvation. Works did not give us to heaven. But works can be for Christ. And this is, a, this is the only place in which our works have a bearing on, on that eternity, on that, that judgment seat, uh, the Bema seat, uh, that, that runners looked for to receive a prize above others. Um, but no one was punished. You didn't win, so you lose. You, you, you were discarded. They, they weren't punished in the race, and we will not be punished either. But we can obtain crowns of glory, not for us, but for God, to give back to him. And, when, and I, you know, I always, I, I used to wonder, you know, in this world we're ta- talked about wealth. We talk about um, Gaining and getting. We do talk about that, even in Christian life. But I think when we see Christ, when we see God's glory, anything that we get will just pale in comparison. And we'll recognize we can't give enough back to Him. If we could do that in our life here on earth, man, I think that would just change the whole uh, calculus of your life. But I do know, and I'm, I'm convinced that when we see Christ, when we see uh, his glory, that any crown we get, we want to give it back to him. We want him to use it for his glory. We want him to, um, to get the, the, the credit. Not us, it's not our work, it's what his. So letter, did I talk about letter A? Uh, the prize discipline. So first of all, the letter A was the prize, the destination. The destination. We shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will be in, in God's glory uh, when we stand there. And there will be a cloud of witnesses with us. Um, in 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. Now if any man build upon his foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. We have Christ. We have heaven in eternity with him, yet as by fire. So everything in our lives, spiritual and non-spiritual, will be revealed by fire. So we have the destination and finally, we have the declaration. Anybody know what the declaration is? Well done. Oh, man, I would love to have that declaration. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Matthew 25, 23, we've read these before in some of the preaching up here. Has, his Lord said unto him, well done, Good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. When we we uh, we uh, read a or we we sang a hymn, and that was uh, uh, when we started off, and that's from uh, Esther Kerr Rustoy. Uh, she's penned these words. Oft times the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. 
We're tempted to complain, to murmur, and despair, but Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away. All tears forever over in God's eternal day. Verse 3, life's day will soon be oral. Storms forever past will cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven, a harp, a home, a crown. The tempter will be banished. We'll lay our burden down. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. So, if you would purpose to run your race well and practice spiritual discipline, You'll not regret for one moment the life we have with Christ and we could receive the prize. Temperate in all things, keeping ourselves under subjection for ourselves and others so that people see Christ in us and we share the gospel. How do we do that? Prayer, reading the Bible, attending here, being part of an assembly, going out, witnessing, sharing the gospel. We have something so wonderful to, can't hold to ourselves. We got to share it. All right, this idea of a disciplined Christian life. I pray we all will uh, we'll strive for that as if we're in a race. Because we are. Not running against each other. We'll carry each other along. But it is a race till God takes us home. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, I just uh, thank you for your, your word. Your, uh, uh, your letter to us, uh, that we could have a, a, a successful race in our life, um, but only with you. If you're not a part of it, Lord, it's, it's, a, it's a useless race. But Lord, I just prayed for our folks here. I pray for those who couldn't be here today. I pray that, Lord, you'll just give us all that stamina and the, um, the determination to live this uh, life that you would have us lead so that we could be like your son. Uh, Lord, we just ask now that you just be with us in the next hour. Be with the pastor as he brings the message. Uh, be with the classes that teach our kids. And uh, Lord, we sure do love you and thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Sorry, I went a few minutes. Got some teachers got to get to class.